from Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. The Internet Research Agency, LLC. The hub of the Russian operation to interfere in U.S. politics. An unprecedented attempt to manipulate the presidential process. The place where it all happened. The troll factory in St. Petersburg. One of the former trolls. My name is Marat Mindyarov. Takes us inside the operation. So it was four floors building with around 10 rooms on each floor. And each room was about 20 people writing. And the people who ran the operation were hostile. Because the job was very monotonous. It was no any creativity in this job. It was very mechanical writing because nobody cares about your opinion and thoughts. You just need to follow the line, yeah? And it was always uh, suppression and repression from the bosses. U.S. intelligence says the objective of the troll factory operation was to influence the 2016 presidential election. Disturbed by what he learned, Morat started talking. And after he talked... They arrested me and my friend. All the details coming up on this edition of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Target USA is brought to you by Northrop Grumman. In today's battle space, situations change rapidly. That's why Northrop Grumman's innovative C4 ISR technology offers unprecedented mission capability. That's the value of performance. Northrop Grumman. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile. Capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA, the National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. Manat Mindyarov went to work every day, just like most other people in St. Petersburg, Russia. He worked in a large building located at 55 Sovashkina Street in St. Petersburg, along with hundreds of other people during that 12-hour shift. They were trolls. A large part of their objective and job description was to sway U.S. public opinion through an elaborate social media campaign. It was a highly organized operation, just like news operations all over the world had a morning assignment process. The work, some say, was mindless, but to him, it was grueling. So he didn't last long in the job. Then he left but not before learning something critical about what some say was the most brazen attack on U.S. democracy in history. You're about to hear all the extraordinary details in our exclusive interview. Marat, let me start off by saying you have a very, very powerful story. And thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for speaking out about your situation. You worked for the Internet Research Agency, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. How long did you work work there? What years were you working there? 
I worked there two months. Two months uh, of, in December 2014 till February 2015. Why did you go to work there? Well, because I was unemployed first. Second, it was next to my house. And third, I was curious what's going on inside of this um, building. So what were you doing What when you went to work there? What were you hired to do? I was hired to make the comments on the Russian uh, political websites. What time did you go to work each day? And when you got to work, what were the instructions? Well, it was uh, two shifts uh, by 12 hours shift. Shifts. Um, I started at 9 a.m. and finished at 9 p.m. We should write 135 comments a day, 200 uh, signs minimal each. So when I went there, uh, so the job was made like that. At the morning, you have the email with all these links. Where, should, where you should to write and uh, the topics and w- about what and how you should to write. So you just mm-hmm. need to play with the words. Okay, so you work- you are writing the same everywhere. Uh huh. So you worked a full day all day. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so how did you get to work? You said this was near your house, so you just walked to work, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you got there, you said you were curious about what was going on. Once you got inside, what did you think? Were, was that what you thought was going on, or did was this something else? Well, I was disappointed, of course, because uh, it was really a feeling of the factory and the factory from the Orwell or Kafka worlds, because the job was very monotonous. It was no any creativity in this job. It was very mechanical writing because nobody cares about your opinion and thoughts. You just need to follow the line, yeah, what you should to write. And it was always uh, suppression and repression from the bosses because you should to write quick and... Um, Right, that's all. Mm-hmm. Were you aware when you went to work and you were doing this work how important it was that it was a part of the Russian intelligence, the Russian uh, government operation to meddle, to interfere in the U.S. election? Did you Were you aware of that at the time? Well, at that time, uh, the, um, the election uh, ha- has been just started. Hillary Clinton just wanted to be a president. So it was not the main theme at the time when I worked. But when I worked, I tried to go to the Facebook department because they have been paid twice uh, more. So um, my uh, test uh, was uh, to write about the uh, possibilities for the winning for the uh, Hillary Clinton. So, so they started already at that time to think about it. So let me get this clear. When you went to work there, you were doing just the regular comments every day. Basically, they would tell you what, uh, who to comment to, what to essentially uh, engage on. But then you got an opportunity to move to the Facebook department. That's, is that what you were just saying to me? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did that go? 
Well, uh, you should to write uh, essay about the Hillary Clinton, and they check how is your written English uh-huh. good or not, and of course, what uh, are you writing about? Yeah. So I've uh, um, I didn't pass this exam. Mm-hmm. Maybe my English was enough, not enough. Maybe I wrote that the Hillary Clinton will be cool if it will be the first uh, uh, female president, the first woman. Murat's assignment to write about Hillary Clinton becoming president was not arbitrary. It was designed to evaluate his suitability to work for the so-called Facebook department. He didn't know it at the time, but she would become a main focus of the work going on inside the Internet Research Agency. Almost three years later, outgoing Director of National Intelligence, James Clapper confirmed as much on January 10th, 2017, when he briefed the Senate Intelligence Committee on the findings of their investigation into whether the Kremlin interfered in the 2016 U.S. presidential election campaign. We have high confidence that President Putin ordered an influence campaign in 2016 aimed at the U.S. presidential election. The goals of this campaign were to undermine public faith in the U.S. democratic process, denigrate Secretary Clinton, and harm her electability and potential presidency. Putin and the Russian government also developed a clear preference for President-elect Trump. Russia aspired to help President-elect Trump's election chances when possible by discrediting Secretary Clinton and publicly contrasting her unfavorably to him. Moscow's approach evolved over the course of the campaign based on Russia's understanding of the electoral prospects of each of the candidates. When it appeared to Moscow that Secretary Clinton was likely to win, the Russian influence campaign began to focus more on undermining her future presidency. Moscow's influence campaign blended covert intelligence operations with overt efforts by Russian government agencies, state-funded media, third-party intermediaries, and paid social media users. According to Clapper, paid social media users was another way to refer to trolls, which is what Marat and his colleagues were hired to be. The official definition of an internet troll is a person who starts arguments or upsets people on the internet to distract and sow discord by posting inflammatory and or digressive extraneous or off-topic messages. That's according to Wikipedia. There's another definition for a troll. It's a mythical cave-dwelling being depicted in folklore as either a giant or a dwarf having a very ugly appearance. And to some degree, the ugly part was true. Not referring to the physical characteristics of anyone who worked there, let alone our friend Murat, but the actual environment. What was it like inside the building? What was the atmosphere like? How did you feel? How were your co-workers feel? What did it look like? What was your workspace like? Mm-hmm. So it was four floor, four floors building with around 10 uh, rooms uh, on each floor. And each room about, about was about 20 people writing. 
So uh, because the norms are very high, so it was no any walking inside. Everybody was sitting on their uh, computers and writing and writing and writing. So it was like that. Um, no any jokes, no any music, no any social stuff. Nothing. Just uh, work, work, work like this. Not funny at all. Mm. You you have told some journalists that you felt like a character in the 1984 story from George Orwell. Would you explain that? Well, when you are writing that the white is black and the black is white, yeah, it's the same like uh, Orwell uh, wrote wrote uh, um, because this is the yeah it has the same feeling, you know, the same story. That was my feeling. Something is going very strange and surrealistic and utopistic somehow. Mm-hmm. When you found out what the what was actually going on, that this was a very broad and sophisticated operation to manipulate the election in the U.S., what did you think? Well, I was ashamed. Although I was not um, in the USA election, yeah, I was writing for the Russian audience. I was ashamed that I can't express my feelings, my thoughts. And what I should to write is absolutely uh, not true. It's not true picture of the life. It's just yeah, some, some ideal uh, description, but the reality is quite different. So what you're saying is that you you felt you feel as though you should have written you should have exposed what was going on is that what you're saying? Yeah, mhm. And why if I might ask you uh, with all due respect why why did you not expose this at the time? Well, I did well uh, I have no such uh, attempt, yeah. I just want to be um um how to say um, Oh, my English is now. Wait. You just uh, wanted to. You just wanted a job. You just wanted to work, and you just wanted to have some expression. Is that uh, close? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Of course, I feel that something is going on there, which I can prove being there. Yeah. I was this. So it was some also evidence. Uh, how to say historical evidence uh, feeling. Mm-hmm. How, you understand me, yeah? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, you mm-hmm. you thought you you knew that there was something big going on there but you couldn't prove what it was. Yeah. You had a feeling that something was not right, correct? Yeah, that's right. You're listening to the brave story of Marat Mindiyarov, who came forward to tell us his story about what was going on inside the infamous Troll Factory at 55 Sovaskina Street in St. Petersburg, Russia. That is the operation that was indicted by Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein in February of this year. Good afternoon. On February 16th, in a stunning announcement, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein revealed that 13 Russian nationals and three Russian companies had been indicted by a grand jury impaneled by the special counsel investigating allegations of Russian government interference in the U.S. political system, including the 2016 U.S. presidential election. Twelve of the individual defendants worked at various times for a company called Internet Research Agency, LLC, 
a Russian company based in St. Petersburg. The other individual defendant, Yevgeny Viktorovich Bogosin, funded the conspiracy through companies known as Concord Management and Consulting, LLC, Concord Catering, and many affiliates and subsidiaries. Rosenstein said the sophisticated effort, which cost millions of dollars, began in 2014 and employed hundreds of people. There was something very sinister going on. Marat could sense it, but couldn't put his finger on it at the time. But he'll tell us what hindsight has taught him when we return to Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Target USA is brought to you by Northrop Grumman. Northrop Grumman's innovative C4 ISR technology offers unprecedented mission capability, enabling faster, more assured decisions. That's the value of performance. Northrop Grumman. Hi, this is Mark Warner, U.S. Senator from Virginia, and you're listening to Target USA. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. When 43-year-old Marat Mindyarov walked into what we now know is the Internet Research Agency in St. Petersburg, Russia. He was motivated by three elements. Well, because I was unemployed first, second, it was next to my house, and third, I was curious what's going on inside of this um, building. Many people were curious. We did a a 10-minute segment about essentially Russian media, and part of that was the Troll Factory in St. Petersburg, and we talked to Murat, obviously, because he worked there. Zach Fannin, a PBS NewsHour videographer, introduced us to Murat. Murat is is a guy who just needed a job, and the job was pretty easy to do. And Murat had told us that just a lot of the people that worked there didn't think too deeply about what they were doing. They just went ahead and and did it for uh, a paycheck. But this mindless work, performed by many people who didn't have an idea just what it was for, had a devastating impact on the U.S. population. Russian information warfare theory is focused more on framing, on putting the enemy or your adversary into a cognitive box. Russian information operations specialist David Kilcullen. In other words, he's saying what the troll operation was out to do was to simply make Americans think and talk about the things they wanted us to talk and think about. So when you look at basically any five-minute randomly selected stretch of time on MSNBC or CNN or other cable news stations in the United States and people are talking about a Russian information operation that supposedly happened on the internet in 2016. That's a framing that's been encouraged by Russian messaging. That is essentially what Marat and his comrades were doing at the Internet Research Agency. But during our interview, Marat told us there was something wrong going on there, something he disagreed with. And we wanted to know how he came to that conclusion. This is how the conversation went. And so what are some of the things that made you feel that way? What gave you that feeling? Was it your interaction with your bosses or what you were doing? Were you hearing things from people? Well, because I was reading also independent media. I was also watching the independent TV, yeah? And uh, when you see how it's different from what we are doing, yeah? I can compare how it works, yeah? So, 
for me it was very hard to do it yeah uh, mm, to write about yeah. what i disagree absolutely and you disagreed with what the russian government was saying is that what i hear you yeah. say yeah yes yes mm-hmm. so um give me your sense of what you think of the russian government and what the russian government has been doing well russian government uh, and mr putin yeah they are leading the country to the some troubles because now nobody is uh, we lo- nobody want to do the deals with the russia we are under the sanction we are on the same line as um, iran north korea and it's shame for the country like russia which is very rich cultural in with in, intelligent country yeah but uh, now we are occupied by this um unthrough unfair people who are just using uh, the resources of the country who are lying us every day who are suppressing our freedom and like that so does this uh, facility still operate to your knowledge Yes, they still. And do you know how many people work there? I think it's pretty much the same everything. Mm-hmm. What were some of the sites? Do you remember some of the sites that you wrote for when you were there? Well, I do remember, of course, but um, it doesn't matter because it was small websites uh, on the provincial uh, <coughs> provincial websites. So it was really a monkey job. Mm. You understand me? Yeah. Because the audience was not very big and this comments was very silly. So it also was not effective, in my opinion, what we did. Mm. So it doesn't matter at all. So how much how much were you, were you paid? Were you getting a good living? Yes, I was paid around 40, 45,000 rubles and it's it, it's good salary here. Mm-hmm. So why did you leave? Well, it's first for the moral reasons, of course, because it was very hard for me. Mm-hmm. Would you would you explain, you said the moral reason, explain a little more about why it was so hard for you and why you had to leave. Well, because to write on through, it's already something bad, yeah? Mm-hmm. And when you do it every day and you paid for this, it's also something strange and stressful for me. So when you're writing things that you know are lies, it was hard yeah. for you to do. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, again, <clears throat> did you know that the factory was targeting the U.S.? Uh, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so it was not a secret then? Did everyone no. know? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, so when you look now at what is going on in the U.S. and the U.S. investigation, about all of this, what do you think, what are your thoughts now that you hear all of the things here with the FBI and the special counsel? What are your thoughts? What do you hope happens? Well, I'm I'm glad that it's happening now because these people, they are used to be, um, how to say, anonymous, yeah? And they don't care about the, their words. Mm-hmm. They don't answer for their words. And now they see it can't be forever. Mm-hmm. So, did you ever find out who was running this place? Who was the, who paid the salaries? Who was the person behind this factory's operations? It's a mystery because uh, you have no any contracts. The money was in cash, and nobody 
tell you about what's your bosses, high bosses, yeah? So I don't really know. Of course, it was rumors about Evgeny Prigozhin, mm-hmm. but it was no any evidence of these words. Yeah. Marat, you have a very powerful story, as I've mentioned to you several times today. Uh, and a part of the reason why it's so powerful is because I've been told that you were arrested recently uh, by, I guess, the Russian government. Is that correct? No, uh, by uh, police. By, by the police. By the police. W- what, mm-hmm. did, what, what did they arrest you for? Well, they arrested uh, me and my friend um, because um, they told that the, from the phone of my friend was made the call uh, about the bomb. About, I'm sorry, about what? About the bomb, bomb, uh, how to say, about the, that's, we called that we, we were going to blow up the, ah. the, the other, the next village, you know, some village. So they said that the, that you made the call or the call was made from your phone. Not my fo- phone, uh, the, fr- the, uh, the, uh, the phone of my friend. Mm-hmm. We arranged in the apartment together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know why he, they choose him, not me. Mm. So, well, this this was not true, correct? Not, not. So, do you believe then? That, why do you believe then they did it? Do you think that there maybe someone from the government told them told them to do it? Maybe not from government. Maybe this uh, uh, troll fabric made it uh, somehow. This call. Uh, I think uh, because it happens just after the interview, I made the interview with BBC, mm-hmm. and after this, it happens. Mm. So you, you were arrested and you spent some time in, in detention. How long did you stay, and what happened while you were there? Well, uh, I stayed there about one, uh, about four hours in the night, and after about three hours next morning. So they want, they just wanted to, they they wanted just uh, me and my friend to say yes, yes, yes. That's we did this call, but it was no any calls from this phone at all, you know, uh, that day. And the detailization of the calls uh, show this. Mm-hmm. So they can't prove any, it wasn't no any improvement of this. So after seven, eight hours in the police, they let us go. But uh, the case is not closed at all. So you're still concerned that they may arrest you again? Yes. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, yes, yes, yeah. Okay, but I hope, yeah, I believe in the <laughs> in justice. Justice, yes, yes. Yeah. We spoke originally to Murad in February of this year, 2018, and then again on September 18th, just this week, to check on his situation. He said he was fine and everything is, quote, all right. But we know from the cases of Alexander Litvinenko, Sergei Skripal, Mikhail Lesson, and many others that crossed the Kremlin, when you do that, you could pay a heavy price. So we hope things for Murat will continue to go well. And we'll keep you apprised of his situation. In the meantime, life goes on for Marat. So what are you doing in the meantime? Are you safe? I feel myself safe. I do live normal life. I have a job. I have a home. And the life is going on. Yeah. Tomorrow, my friend from Norway is coming and we are going to party and everything is okay. (laughs) 
So last thing, um, or a couple of more things. Um, the 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 whole idea of the troll factory um, right now. We are hearing here in the United States that this is um, that the the Russian intelligence and the government may try to do this again in this election, and there are signs that they are doing the same thing again. Um, do you hear anything at all about this in Russia right now? Yes, we. It's also big news here about the elections in the USA and troll fabric. Uh, but of course, they are saying that's uh, nonsense. We are not belong to this, and it's not true like that. So, are there more than just this one factory in St. Petersburg where you worked? No, I think it's only one organization like that in St. Petersburg. Mm. But do you think there are others around the country that may exist? I think uh, yes. I think they are. Uh, it's not only here. What would you like to share with our audience about your experience? Never go to the fabric, troll fabric, <laughs> never. <laughs> and uh, be careful when you are reading something, because it can be fake, it can be not true. So be careful in the internet, don't believe what they are writing. Yeah, always double check. How do you do that, though? How do you check? Well, you see, you know, Suddenly, you see some new, some, some uh, yeah, so, because these trolls they work in thousands, yeah, mm -hmm. thousands of comments, and suddenly you see thousands of comments of the of something, and you see how they uh, at the all them at the same time, yeah, and uh, um, always typical something typical, yeah. Well, you have been a wonderful interview. Thank you for your time, and uh, will you allow us to talk to you again sometime soon? Yes, of course. Thank you very much, Marat. Thank you, JJ. Have a nice day. The story of Marat Mindyarov, a former troll at the Internet Research Agency, Kremlin-linked troll factory in St. Petersburg, Russia. Coming up on our next program, another exclusive look into the U.S.-Russia situation, this time with Virginia Senator Mark Warner, vice chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee. And he says the Kremlin, like it targeted the 2016 presidential election, is going after the 2018 midterms as well. We know that the Russians are continuing these activities. We've, as, as Dan Coates, the director of national intelligence, has said, the red lights are blinking. Warner will discuss that, plus the progress on its investigation into Russian interference in the U.S. 2016 presidential election. That's coming up on our next edition of Target USA. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Please subscribe to our podcast, and also let me know what you think. Send me an email at jgreen at wtop.com. That's the letter J, the color green, at Whiskey Tango Oscar Papa, jgreen at wtop.com. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Target USA is brought to you by Northrop Grumman. In today's battle space, situations change rapidly. That's why Northrop Grumman's innovative C4 ISR technology offers unprecedented mission capability. That's the value of performance. Northrop Grumman.
If you like this show, you need to check out Penn's Sunday School with magician and entertainer Penn Gillette. Each week, Penn talks to celebrities, magicians, and other entertainers about whatever he wants. Past guests include Phil Rosenthal, Dr. Joel Furman, and writer and director Kevin Smith. So check out Penn's Sunday School weekly on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.